but I need to go to Jamaica. Like, it's of paramount importance. And yeah. I'm trying to persuade my parents to go next Christmas. Yeah. And see if we can do that. Because we've always said, it, they always say it's so nice to go at Christmas time mm-hmm. and it's hot and everything. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm going to go. Yeah, no, same. You know when, <laughs> with Jamaicans, you know my name begins with A-I. Mm. But they can't pronounce my name properly. Even yeah. like my nan can't, like, can never... So instead of my name is Ainsley, mm. Ainsley, but because they can't deal with vowels, I told you they yeah. put an H in front of it. Absolutely. So instead of it being like Ainsley, it's all a Hainsley. Hainsley. I had a friend like that, but it was, it was Hashley. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but then sometimes they take the, they take the vowel off some the, the first consonant off some things. I'm trying to think yeah. of um, I'm trying to think of examples when they take like the vowel off something. Um, like strong, the S goes, it's trunk. Yeah, trunk. <laughs> I love that though. Well, I've got, um, at work, I work with a cleaner and he's like, I feel like he's like fresh off the boat, I'm yeah. like straight from Jamaica. And he's a new coming, he's a new coming, he's like, Hansel. 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 Oh, I've got Hansel. I like that. The man still did, oh, I can't do it, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it. You've, you've been, haven't you? I've been, but I've only been as a child. child. I'd love to go as an adult. And you've been saying kits as well? Because I've been saying kits twice, but yeah. those, are, those are both as yeah, both as a child. I have mm. not been since I've since I think I was like eight years old when I went the first time and ten years old the second time. Mm. And I went to Jamaica, I was eleven years old, so I imagine it'd be a completely different experience. Yeah, I need, I need to go. Um but I think for Christmas. The issue I've I have to go with family because I've discussed I mean, why would you go there by myself anyway? Because I know there's going to be plenty of family there that I don't know already. Yeah. Um, and you're going to want to meet them. Yeah. But you have to meet them in the context of coming as a family. Yeah, I know. And it, I think it'd be weird if you just met them by yourself. If I met them by yeah. themselves. Like, they're family, but they're basically strangers. You don't yeah. know them. I'm sure they'd be really welcoming and stuff, but... I don't even know. No. <laughs> I, think, I think they would, because I think if you're coming from family connection, because mm-hmm. the family's big, man. I think my grandma on my dad's side, she's one of 11. Mm-hmm. Um, both my parents are one of seven. Obviously, that all that generation's here in the UK, but there's lots of obviously the, the generation above that, like the the grand aunts and stuff. There's mm-hmm. absolutely loads. Of them. It's exciting. I know that one of my uncles um, tried to do like a family tree at one point, but I, I never saw it. But mm. so, um, like, what generation are you? I'm third. Like, third. Like, I, people take it differently. Some people think. That, like, the first generation to be born in the UK is the mm. first generation, which would make us... I don't know, are your parents born in the UK or from Jamaica? Oh, right, so, um, dad's side... Oh, I guess weird. So, my mum was born in Jamaica, but she moved here when she was really little, so she doesn't remember. Mm. So, I would... I still count her parents as first generation. Right. Because... It's like it's not like that generation moved here and then they like all passed away instantly. They moved here and they're still alive now. Yeah. So I say that's the first generation, and then their children. Even if their children, you know, were born in Jamaica. Like my mum was born in Jamaica, but she doesn't remember it because she was she was young, wasn't she? So I feel see my parents as so I've got me parents, grandparents. I would say the grandparents are the first. Yeah. Parents are the second. Parents and aunts and uncles, and then we're the third. But I, I do I kind of I see the reason behind saying that. The first generation born is yeah because obviously then you can track the generation from the beginning like their entire life has been in the UK yeah um how about you same um my grandparents moved to um to Birmingham from Jamaica and St Kitts respectively mm-hmm. and had my mom and my dad here but they had children in their countries 
um, some of them, um, on my mum's side, on my grandma, she had, I think she had like three children, three boys, and she left all three boys in Jamaica, and they mm -hmm. came here, and only one of them, only one of those three came to the UK, and the other two stayed in Jamaica, and only, and of those two, one of them had visited Birmingham, mm -hmm. and the other one never met before. So, um, so wait, so was one of them your dad, I'm assuming, or? No, so, um, they said, Pure on mum's side. Oh right, okay. Um, so that's hard because obviously it's like um, it's like siblings separated. From yeah, generations, yeah, it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So my mum had a brother that she'd never met before. Wow. And like this is like um, like not a half brother or anything. Like had two of the same parents. Yeah. Difficult. Very weird. Yeah. I know that, and also oh, that's why I would encourage you to look at um. I've got small lines at home. Actually, if you want to read it, I'll lend it to you if you want. I should read um, it. I mean, I'll, I'll read that when you read. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've, I've brought you know Rennie's book with me in Brum. I've also I also bought a new book yesterday. But, yeah, Queenie. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm just I'm I'm um I'm getting the reading bug back now. Okay. Planning the bookshelf I'm going to buy from a new flat and everything. Oh, oh. Um, Lisa, before, before you go out buying all these bookshelves, <laughs> man, read the books that you got already. Everybody wants yeah. to go buying all no, but books. No, but basically all my books, majority, I've got a fair amount of books in Newcastle, but the majority are in my bedroom back at home, home in Brum. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ransack that shelf and take a load back with me in my car. Right. Because so okay. I, I, I consider myself to have left home properly now. So um, I don't need to keep all the things there. But I already read my shelf and getting as well. It's the IKEA job. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a great book. And what they cover in there is um, that a lot of people, and I know especially on, on, I know my mum's spoken directly about this with her um, about her parents. Mm -hmm. They planned to come here, and you know work for a little bit, and yeah. then move back home. Yeah, but that just didn't happen. And the thing that's a, that's a, a typical pattern you get everywhere. Um, yeah, you I move somewhere, is. you think oh, yeah. I'm just gonna be there for a short while. At the end of the you, you assimilate though, don't yeah. you? Like you have kids here, you have a job here, you get a house mm. here. So it's hard to like once you're here, once you've like once you set up home, it's hard to like just break it and leave. Mm. And like my grandparents, my, on my mum's side anyway, I don't think I ever went back to Jamaica mm. um, after she came to the UK. Never went back, which again I find very very weird. I think it's the, the cost as well because I know in my family we didn't have much growing up, True, and yeah. there were there were five of us as well like kids, mm -hmm. and it just literally it was out of the question like a holiday just wasn't affordable, yeah. especially that far away because it's teeth. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like the flights alone are really expensive. Yeah, it's um, true. So now that everyone's older and like in a better position, I feel like oh, we need to, it needs to be it needs to happen as a matter of priority. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if we're gonna get, be able to send all seven of us to go at the same time. I don't think that's gonna happen. And I can only wait so long. I'm thirty next year. Yeah, I have been to my country of origin. It really needs to be addressed. Yeah, true. Because when people ask me, "Oh, what's your heritage, your background?" Tell them, and then, and then I know that they're gonna ask, "Oh, have you been there before?" That's mm -hmm. all gonna come quite soon. Yeah, and I, I feel shame like I haven't been there. <laughs> like, but like, how do you, as well? Because I, when people ask me that, I always make clear that like I'm from the UK, I'm British, mm. but then say I'm of like Jamaican, Kittitian descent. Mm. So is that the, the adjective Kittitian? Like yeah, that? everybody finds that weird. Kittitian. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so my ethnic my ethnic background, like yeah, I said half Kittitian mm. or from St. Kitts. But um yeah, so I say like if if I have to say I'd say that I'm Afro Caribbean British. Mm. But the um so I feel like only to certain people it's weird that you've never been that I've never been or only been like once. I say because I I'm sure this has been discussed on Twitter loads of times, but when people ask where you're from, I'll say 
Well, it depends. If I think they're talking about City, I'll say Birmingham. If they, if they, if I think they're talking about nationality and conflating that with like ethnicity and background, mm-hmm. I will say I'm British. I will say my family's Jamaican. But I've heard some people like raise eyebrows about saying your family is blah blah. blah. And for me, that's just me saying I'm of Jamaican heritage mm-hmm. and I'm proud of that. But at the same time. I would feel a bit fake trying to fully claim because exactly, I, yeah, exactly. Because I we, don't, I'm not because I haven't grown up there. Yeah, like if we went to Jamaica now, that, yeah. like not calling off Jamaica, they would look at outsiders and that. Yeah, that's the kind of and again, it was I saw, I saw it discussed over the weekend. I don't know if you've followed or followed the Stormzy debacle on Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, the, there were people talking about it, and you do get the kind of limbo. It happens with us. It happens. I think it happens with a lot of people who have emigrated. Yeah, um, like Ghanaians and Nigerians as well. Basically, ethnic minorities. Basically, yeah, yeah. because. You're proud of your heritage, but then you're in a country where you feel like you're never gonna. Well, depending on who you are, you might not feel like you'll ever be a hundred percent like feel like you're at home. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, where well, where you are from ethnically, yeah, that doesn't feel like home because you haven't grown up there. Yeah, it's, like, it's a weird like limbo. I think James Baldwin talked about it as well in one of his essays. He said it's like obviously it's more dramatic with Americans because it's like a few it's like a few hundred years like back. yeah. <laughs> they yeah. said he's they feel like some kind of bastard of the West. Mm-hmm. That's the way he described it. I was like, oh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. And um, to be fair, in the UK, I don't feel like I don't feel necessarily like I've, I'm definitely at home. I don't feel like I'm displaced or it's not. It's more British people to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Like um, it kind of the questions that you get like when people ask where you're from, and they ask, oh, where are you from originally? And things like that, which is a loaded question, and I tried to take that that particular question. I tried to take it because they people don't necessarily mean it to sound. It racist depends on who or, says and how they say. I think. Yeah, I mean, people, people, um, so people who ask where you're from originally, I'd say ninety five percent is the white people who ask me who ask that mm, question. Yeah, and I think that like they're trying to ask like what is your ethnicity, um, mm. where you find it from. But what it comes out, what that comes across is. Because you're not white, mm. you can't be from here. Well, exactly, yeah. So the so the question kind of boils down to like, why aren't you white? Yeah. Well, to what extent are you not British? Yeah, like, exactly. Like yeah. yeah, kind of like, like take the form of our oveness when I feel as British as the next person. Mm. But I obviously have such a strong connection with the other countries because I have to um, obviously acknowledge and I celebrate that mm. um, that my heritage, my culture comes f- comes from there as well. Yeah, I think in my head. Uh, that big cider. Now my mind went blank. Um, I will call myself British, but because there's that element, well, it's it's there are two parts to it. One part is, I know realistically, because I'm an ethnic minority, I don't feel like uh, as much as I've, I've you know raised here, paid taxes here, been educated here, mm-hmm. and this is all I've known. I feel British in that sense, but then I also feel like because I'm not ethnically from this place yeah. it's never going to feel like home the other branches that I know that there'll be plenty of people who are indigenous if you want to call it that even though it's a nation like, with a massive issue of immigration um, who would never accept you yeah it's true as many and there'll be plenty that'll be like oh no it's not like that no, but there'll be plenty who wouldn't that would be an issue in their head at all mm-hmm. but I know there are plenty that feel that but wouldn't say it yeah um, and I don't and it's it's, it's confusing because I don't necessarily think if you look at it like without, if you strip everything off, off it and take all connotations away, I don't think that's like a, a outlandish opinion, because you might oppose because it's not really kind of. If you look at, if you look at a lot of, um, if you look at like if you let's take a few West African countries for example, if there was like an influx of immigrants from other places, mm-hmm. like you know, 
their movies are like you know Ghana or Nigeria yeah. from Asia or from parts of Europe would the locals call them Nigerian or would they call them Ghanaian yeah because it's like I I, per- I personally think that but like I said well there's a difference between nationality mm. and your ethnicity mm-hmm. so um, though nationally like my nationality is British I'm without a doubt here. yeah yeah, yeah. But um, ethnically, my ethnic origin is not from the UK. Mm. But um, I think kind of, yeah, like, I'm get, I feel like we're getting kind of into a bit of like, a, like right-wing rhetoric, kind mm-hmm. of. And I, I don't really take anything personally about like nation or nationality and mm. what it means to be British or anything like that. Yeah. Not particularly, but like, I'd say that I love being in the UK. I love my mm. country. But, like, it gets into kind of, like, situations where, like, you should be like this to be British, to be like that to be British. Because they go, they kind of, they get conflated a lot their nationality. And it's like, are we talking about, sort of, you know, factually where you're born, mm-hmm. like, your citizenship? Yeah. Or are we talking about, like, an idea of culture, like, or how you think and how you yeah. approach stuff? But, um, like, yeah, but I'd say, like, because the culture, like, I don't know, it's weird, because if you're in the same country that you're born in, mm. like, cultural norms, like... I'm definitely culturally British, but like there's always yeah. there's there's always there's going to be influence of you know being black or you know being African Caribbean. Exactly, definitely. yeah. But like I feel I feel like some people, some sections of society would say that like because there is that other country that we're not we're not British or it's not gonna be British all or nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a lie. It's, it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And like they're not saying that when they're eating their chicken tikka, chicken tikka masala, well, exactly, yes. or warming up their jerk spill the tea, spill the tea. You know we haven't actually like we haven't started. We like, haven't we actually like, introduced no. them at all. Well, like, hold on. everyone this is another episode of black boy joy uh it's me here kieran and my friend Ainsley. there we are um so today a topic of conversation it's christmas i believe yes i think um most appropriately it's to do with christmas since we are i mean literally it's literally christmas eve christmas right now eve daytime there we yeah. are <laughs> christmas is tomorrow um, I don't know about you, Kieran, but this might be the most unprepared I've ever been for Christmas in my life. To be fair, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling super Christmassy this year. Not mm-hmm. like, not that I usually am, but I do feel that. <laughs> I don't know about you, but because I feel like time passes really fast now, mm-hmm. I almost feel like Christmas happens too often. I sometimes think too we should often. do it once every twenty-four months instead of once every twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's not Scrooge, I don't know what it is. I've not had enough time to get hyped for it. I think um, I think we need more time. No, I'm just being silly. Uh, I always enjoy it when it happens. For me, it's the holiday part, part around. It's seeing family and whatnot. Not yeah. the actual day of Christmas. Yeah. It's more that period between sort of late November and, you know, yeah. New Year's Day, etc. Like, you know. I've just... Right now, I can't even get into the spirit because I've still got so much to do. Like, I bought my present pet. I bought... I bought my parents' presents. Okay. And I've got one Secret Santa present to buy still, even though it's like literally tomorrow. Who are you doing Secret Santa with? Um, you know, um, like my cousins. Right, like a family one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. like a family a Secret Santa. We do it every year. 
and usually I've got the present by now, but now, like, I still need to get the presents. I've got my parents' present, but it's, like, it's one that, like, you can't really open. So I want to get them, like, just something small that they can actually open on the day. Like, oh, right, okay. Yeah. I need to um, cut my hair, get this shape up done, because this okay. is, like, uh, considering they're going to be photos taken, this is unacceptable. Okay. <laughs> like, I know the feeling. The level um, of hair is unacceptable. Speaking of hair, I think I'm going to... Um... You know, I've been talking that for the past three years. Yeah. I'm going to take the plunge, you oh, know. Oh, finally. Ballet. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to go bold, I think. Um, okay. I mean, I keep my hair, what, it's never higher than level two usually anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and my hair my hairline's been in sharp decline <laughs> since about, let me think, since about 20, 2014, I'd say. Yeah. If I could have the hairline I had back in even 2015, I'd be happy. Okay. But, you know, is- we can't fight at time. I can't, yeah, I mean, I can't really... So I don't need words of, like, you know, you don't need to, you know, cry and console me. <laughs> I know it looks bad. It's just, I, like, one thing I will say, I think I said it to you um, the other day, is that, like, I think it's good that you've got face, you've got good facial hair. Yes, yeah. So, like, just I think, like, race. men, especially black men, like, lots of them are bold. Mm-hmm. And as long as they've got that facial hair going, I think that's completely fine. It very much suits them. Also, but the one I've noticed is because um, all my brothers, there's four of them, they're all bold now. Yeah. And it suits all of them. Yeah. So I, I, I sometimes think it doesn't suit me so much, but I've probably said before, I I was bold when I was 20 um, for a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. some of those, I'd literally cut it all off, like, really, like, super low. Yeah. And it looks all right. I, thought, I used to get people saying, oh, you look, um, like, you're going to beat someone up or something. Oh, God. Which, um, I don't know, I, was, I, yeah. didn't know, I wasn't too bothered by that. But... Or looking like the black child Xavier or something. Yeah, <laughs> so I know I know it does seem, because it's not like I haven't been bold before, but I yeah. think it's just, I like having a little bit of hair, but at the same time, I've been, it's been a vicious battle with my hairline for a long time. <laughs> and I think I've done well to last this long, but I think recently, because I used to, you know, I used to do certain maintenance that we use, like in the black community, and like, um... <laughs> I've kind of thrown it out of the window because I just don't really care anymore. Yeah. Um, I think you should just embrace it. I th- I've said on Friday, Friday's the 27th, um, I'm going for it. I'm going to my local bar, well, local barber in Birmingham anyway. I'm just going to go all off. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it, actually. I think it'll look good. If it doesn't look good, then we'll see. I'm going to get a few hats, but... Uh, and it, but it, it won't look bad, mate. It won't, it won't... I think, given your predicament, which you're... <laughs> It will look better. It will look better. Are oh, you saying it can only improve? Like <laughs> that's exactly what you meant. Like, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying not to be shady, but no, no. I, I don't take offence to it. I, I can, you know, I can see the facts in front of me. I'm, I'm not. I'm not in denial. I don't think I've ever been in denial about it either. I've always known. So from when did I first realise my, my hair was? I think it was when when I lived in France. Yeah. I was using this because I used to have a fair bit then. I was using like a weird shampoo, like because obviously it was limited. What. It's for the local supermarket. Yeah. And that's when I noticed, like, clumps were coming out on the crown and, like, sort of, um, along the hairline as well. But it's from then. Um, obviously, that didn't, that's not, that's not, that's not, led, that's not what led to the hair loss, but that accelerated it. Mm-hmm. Um, but from then, I could kind of maintain it. That was 2014. Yeah. And then, I knew, oh, it was only a matter of time. I was, and then I was like, oh, it would be gone by 27. Oh, it would be gone by 20. Oh, it would be gone by 29. And now, I'm 13 a few months, I'm just like, yeah, now's the time. Like, um, I'm not even scared about going bold because I think as well because I, I never used to have much hair anyway. It's not yeah. really that drastic a change, but yeah. it kind of feels like a it's like a definite symbol of getting older. I think that's what it is. It's what it symbolizes. Yeah. I reckon. But yeah, for me, I think going bold is that. It, I don't think it's not so much going bold that like 
you might not have the choice to regrow your hair again. Mm, yeah. I think that's uh, that will, that's what it would be for me, but I feel like I should acknowledge a bit of hair privilege. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. Strong hairline. Got, yeah. Got thick hair as well. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I feel like with me is a trade-off, because like, although I admittedly do have a strong hairline, like these edges, hopefully they're not going anywhere anytime okay. soon. <laughs> yeah. you got to get castor oil out. Yeah, but... But um, I like my facial hair, for instance, is just so patchy. Like I can't really grow it. Like the most I can grow is like bomb fluff, basically. Yeah. Just keep it trimmed, then or just take it all off. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how you kind of. I so if you look at my photos, I kind of I kind of like styled it in a way so uh-huh. I can get I can like, make the most out of what I've got. Mm-hmm. So um, today's not a good example because I mean I do need to get it done, get it shaped. But I usually will take off all the sideburns so uh-huh. I don't have no hair at all. And like this bit, like beard bit at the back here, I would take off as well, and kind of like these corners in between, like connect some, the moustache yeah. with the um, with the beard. I'd get rid of all of that. So mm. kind of yeah, and then just keep a little bit of moustache and a little bit of hair at the bottom here. I think you've got chin. something to work with at the end of the day. I think it is something. Um, yeah, yeah. It is something. I think I would rather have scanned facial hair and a hair for and actually no, oh, I don't know. You had to pick between. Okay, if you could only pick one and not the other, like if you could be bold with a beard with a strong beard. Or you could um, have good hair with no facial hair. Which which scenario would you pick? I'd rather be Becky with the good hair. <laughs> yeah, there we are. <laughs> what about you? I think that's the right answer. I think for me, um, it's a weird one because obviously I like having hair. But when I think to... Okay, let me think. Before I had any facial hair, so it would have been late teens. I think my face looked weird and like um, round. Yeah. And, and I'd like I can't remember the last time I took all my beard off, but I just don't like how it looked with it. Mm-hmm. So I think I actually rather would have, if I had to pick between one, I'd rather have the bald head with the beard. Obviously, in the ideal world, I'd have both and yeah. strong, but you know, we can't have everything. Mm. So, yes. That's really weird, so off topic from Christmas. <laughs> like... well, it's, well, it's kind of topical because, like I said, I'm, I'm, it's over this holiday period that I'm going to take the place. That's true, so, yeah. Um, just, uh, just embrace. Six. There's a new thing. The next thing on the agenda. Yeah, embrace the boldness. Yeah, exactly. That's good. I have a, I might have a little photo shoot once I've done it as well. <laughs> oh, shit. Coming out to the world as a bold man. There we are. <laughs> um. So, I guess uh, going back to Christmas, kind of like, what would be like? How would you traditionally spend Christmas? Like, what would usually happen? Let me think. So, um, whether before I moved away or after since I moved away, it kind of starts from. The you know the early twenties of December, mm-hmm. so there's usually oh my parents always decide to do some kind of DIY at home. You've got the normal like cleaning duties and like making sure you bought everything, but there's all there used to be a lot of DIY happening. Yeah. One time, oh my god, it was when we were little kids. It was extreme. My, my dad decided we were going to repaint the living room the day before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to be miserable because I just wanted to chill out. Um, in in more recent times, it was kicked off in the years on, on Christmas Eve. We used to have a tradition of um, putting the tree up on Christmas Eve as well. That's yeah. when we'd put the tree up. It would always be the day before Christmas. Yeah. And then we'd just uh, eat mince pies, have food in general. Not too much alcohol. We've never been big drinkers in my house. I think it might change soon, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is not the case. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Day would just be mainly about the food. Um, in past years, we used to have a big fry up, you know. Beans, eggs, bacon. It's like a full English with a Jamaican slant on it. So you'd have the beans would be obviously spiced with mm, onions and stuff course, and flavoured, yeah. ob- obviously. Uh, harder bread. Um, the plantain. Exactly, there we yeah, are. Yeah, the plantain. Eggs, bacon, and, and that would be it for the most part. And then um, 
what would my dad make? It's like some kind of like cocoa that they have in Jamaica. I can't remember. We'd have, you'd have the Blue Mountain coffee from Jamaica right, as well. Right, okay, yeah. Um, but then what used to happen was have a big breakfast with all that fat and grease in it. And then we couldn't really have we couldn't really have like a, a fair crack at dinner because everyone was still quite full. Still. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've gone less on the breakfast in previous years, and we had a massive dinner. Um, usually, well, obviously, my parents would both make the dinner, um, but usually my mom would have more emphasis on the food, but on the dinner part, and then my dad would be looking after desserts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, my parents, I think they're they're sick of having to look after everyone, so they're going off to sit with relatives for the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're trying to usher in a new gen, a new. Uh, era of Christmas where they're not doing the same format because I understand because they, they were just felt like they were just um, you know running a hotel or something everyone's yeah. going to fill the belly and leave but um, yeah. yeah so we'll see and you are like all like adults now you're all in your big age everyone apart exactly. from you has a three in front of their age exactly at least a three I should say yeah it's not for long your traditional Christmas over the, over the years it's changed a lot right I remember Christmas is when we were uh, when we were kids mm. and Christmas is now so before when we were um like before when we were kids when it was Christmas, um we used to get up. So cause I so we used to go to church in Christmas. Okay. Um so when it was a child child we weren't really um, we weren't big in the church then, so we used to get up, we used to have breakfast, then we used to go and visit family members. Uh, me and my dad used to go to the pub while my mum was like finishing up Christmas dinner. But <laughs> <laughs> well, like locally, like just, yeah, yeah. But we only go for one. Like yeah. it wouldn't be fight. We just like we're just sitting in the pub while mum right. is slaving away <laughs> all day. But uh. like, and I was like, a, um, that was like when I was like a child, child. Mm. And I remember like the adults all around me used to ask me like, what I got for Christmas. Mm. I'd never be able to tell them because I never opened my, my present. You know, a lot of kids when as soon as they um, they wake up on Christmas Day. Mm. So go downstairs and rip open all their presents. We uh-huh. never did that. We'd always have to wait till after Christmas dinner. Oh to, really? Um, yeah, to open my presents. That's funny. <laughs> and yeah, but I prefer I preferred it that way. I liked having the um having the build up to it. Though, yeah. yeah, I preferred it that way. Some so long as you like the present, I'm sure. I guess so. <laughs> I've had some. I've, actually, that might be a good question to have. What is the best and worst present they ever received? I don't think I can't think of a worst one I've had. Um. This is going to be really geeky, but the best I had, well, I must have been about nine. My parents bought me this game where um, it was like a quiz. Yeah. So it had like a little electronic, it was like a typical 90s style electronic contraption mm-hmm. with like a little holder. And you had this booklet, which was a quiz thing. Yeah. And you'd put the booklet in the holder. Yeah. And like, there'd be like however many numbered quizzes on different general knowledge from around the world, world history, geography and all that. Like, um, And you'd each numbered like, Quiz you'd put into the thing and it would it would test you. Yeah. And I thought it was the most amazing thing in the world when I was nine. Okay. I absolutely loved it. The the best person that I had had been the geekiest ones, and then another one, another well, a close. Let me think. Runner up would have been. I think I just wanted. I just, I just literally just wanted a book for Christmas, and they got me Animal Farm by George Orwell. Okay, that I, is. I literally that is geeky. I sat I sat down. All, I read it in one day. I was like, this is amazing. That is, um, oh God, that is geeky. It's, oh no, it's sad, isn't it? Uh, let me think. What's, I don't think I've had, had, I don't think I've had a worse, but I've never had a present that I thought was shit. Like, you know, like, yeah. and if you never did, I wouldn't say that. Like, like, <laughs> of course, I'm like, I'm, I would never tell someone that, yeah. that a present is shit yeah. or like, that I didn't like one. 
Absolutely not. I mean, we're in a Caribbean household here. Yeah, yeah. You can't get away with that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so I wouldn't have. But like, I've gotten like fruit for Christmas before. Fruits. Yeah. Like, from whom? Like, oh, it's from my granddad. Oh wow. But it was supposed to be like a gold. I think it's like a golden apple or golden pear. It was like a rare one. Yeah. And you're supposed to let it ripen. When it ripens, it goes golden. So yeah, that was from him. Did you let it ripen? No, I'd I, 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 I don't have to get it away. You dashed it away. <laughs> um, or once I got like vision books. Vision? Oh. Like, like study books, basically, oh, really? for my parents. Yeah, I guess. I got that for my niece once for her birthday. But yeah. she, she asked for that though. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll oblige. But yeah, that is a bit of a dry present. Yeah, and like, yeah. you only have to like, with like fame, like, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what I wanted. Oh my god. How'd yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> What's um what's the best you've had? Do you think? It must have, I think it'd probably be a games console. Mm, so um, my parents were never the type to get me a games console. Like when they come out. So mm. like let's say um, in our time, um, I think the PS One and the PS Two when I was like a child. Yeah. They came out, and uh, but like the year they came out, the year the PS One came out, I got like Sega Saturn, which is like the one before. Mm-hmm. And I got a PS1, like, the year after it was, like, booming. And then the first PS2 I got was, like, two years after the PS2 came out. Yeah. So, like, yeah, one of those would have been, like, my favourite ones. What like, games did you have from the, from the get-go? Do you remember? Um, on the PS1, we had... I remember we had a lot of Crash Bandicoot games. Oh, right, remember yeah. um, Crash Team Racing? That was, like, my favourite, favourite game. I don't think I... I don't think I had... Oh, it's, like, oh. um, it's like Mario Kart, but... Like in yeah. the Crash Bandicoot uh, franchise, mm-hmm. that was for PS One, and we loved that game. Like, um, that's good. Sounds like a good multiplayer. Well, like, it is, yeah, it definitely. That's yeah. one. That's one of those games where like it's good to have like everyone around uh, like, yeah. around the TV playing it. Uh-huh. I remember us playing um, like SmackDown a lot as well. <laughs> like uh, oh, you the know, wrestling, wrestling game. game. Oh yeah, yeah. Used to play that a lot. <laughs> um, I am a sucker for fighting games. Yeah, so Tekken was my favorite. Like, this is how you know I was gay from the start. <laughs> Tekken? Oh, I don't know, Tekken was... Know, everyone liked Tekken, that's all. Yeah, but like, I liked um, I liked the female characters. Yeah, I had that with... Um, did you ever play Dead or Alive games? Yeah, I yeah. Had, on Dreamcast and Playstations, I used to... Yeah, I did like the female characters. Mm, I liked the else. femme fatale characters, yeah, like yeah. Um, Nina Williams on, um, on Tekken. On Tekken, I don't think I played that. like, fighting high heels and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the characters in Tekken. Did you ever play um, Mortal, Mortal Kombat? Yeah, I see. Any Mortal like, Kombat song like, you played? Or yeah, <laughs> Princess Katana as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, um, was it what was his name? You know the electronic guy in Mortal Kombat? Was it Ray Rayner? Raiden? Yeah. Raiden, yeah. yeah. But obviously, he was probably the campest. I had that blue and blue and white getup with, yeah, the, um, with the hat as well. Yeah. To be fair, like Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat in particular, like it's so camp. Yeah. Man. Like all the men, every single one of them, have like shirtless. Yeah, like, but just a headband. Or something. A headband. Right? Or they'd have um, or the women would have like these really intricate costumes. And, yeah, and well, stuff. like Sonya Blade. I remember she'd have like a like a training bra. Yeah. <laughs> or like Melina, like the demon character would have like like just the so scantily clad like yeah. outfits to wear. It looked good though, I think. It did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely, um, game consoles are my favourite. But now in recent years, it's changed a bit because obviously everyone's grown up, basically. There uh-huh. aren't any children around, so Christmas has kind of taken on a bit of a different meaning. Hmm. So We don't really bother with presents anymore, I think, in our house. Like, we'll get small things, but it's not like a big... 
Because everyone's, everyone's adults, isn't they? Um, yeah, we don't really do presents anymore either. Yeah, we might get the odd thing, um, but it's mainly about the food, and then we just watch a bunch of films as well. Yeah. Um, but obviously the house gets feels like it's getting smaller and smaller because everyone's getting bigger and bigger, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's films, food. We try to do board games, but some some members of the family aren't as into them as others. Yeah, um, I mean, that is, like, that must be a source of so much family drama. I think it is in every family too. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. But board games they usually play. Um, articulate is mm. the, the main one, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, because after, I guess, to finish, so after we finish Christmas dinner, uh-huh. um, it's usually, so uh, my auntie, um, it's her ber- her birthday's on Christmas Day. Yeah. So usually we'd go to her house. Um, when we were younger, actually, I think a few times what we did is that we take all my presents and bring it to her house so we could open a, open our presents together. Yeah. Obviously, like um, I didn't have any siblings and that one didn't have any they lived with either, so we just come together and open our presents and then like they'd have a drink. We just have a party basically. Okay. Um, when we were there, and then that's where we start playing uh, games. So we play, um, at older times I can't remember what we play, but in more recent times play articulate. We play you know heads up. That game. Oh, the one where you, you flash them on your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, we play, yeah, we play Heads Up. Or we play, like, games that interactive, so a lot of charades or something like that. Oh, I do love charades, I can't lie. Mm, Have you yeah. played Taboo before? Never played Taboo before. Taboo. It's, um, it's like I think, so basically you have to guess a word on a card. Yeah. So you'll get five words you can't say. Yeah. And they'll be the most five common words you use to describe like, it. Yeah. So you have to, like, you quite find abstract roundabout ways to describe yeah. something and also against the time um, so it can be a bit frustrating that's a good offer that home I think do you remember yeah. when we um, we played Articulate um, in our group we must have yeah, I'm sure we, we played did. it a few times before yeah. and <laughs> uh, my cousin he's in a group of friends as well there were five of us all together and you played Articulate me and you were on a team Yeah. and they were on the other team and his cousin he's just was one of the most competitive people I've ever met before. Okay. Just so much, just so much so that like if he's losing, or if he's like, cause if he's losing, he just will like he will make it so unpleasant for everyone because. He's oh losing. yeah, I noticed that. And do you remember like when I think his <laughs> team, the, you know, the other two people in it. Yeah. Um, he had like Nelson Mandela <laughs> on the card to articulate. Oh right, yeah. And yeah. none of them could <laughs> got yeah. it, and he was. So I think because we were on another team, I think we knew what it was quite early on. I mean, and he was to getting, be fair yeah. to you, like, how do you not know? There weren't many options, were there? Yeah. Um, and I think the, he was getting irritated. We knew what it was. Yeah. Well, I remember that again because other two people. Um, yeah. The elements of cheating, which I think is <laughs> unforgivable. In, um, <laughs> unforgivable. For a board game. But um, <laughs> it's... Uh, the other person like to play mind games as well. So like um, if he yeah if he starts if he starts he'll start getting in your head yeah and like um, so discord yeah exactly the team, between yeah, teams yeah, yeah. yeah so they can win or not like it was actually. mad I think combined with alcohol <coughs> as well sometimes the board games they do get well I think as long as we're all friends after it I think it's okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah or we played last time we played back to back oh yeah, um, yeah yeah that's a game where like if you get offended easily don't play it. So essentially, um, you get two people. Uh, they sit back they sit with their back to each other, so you can't mm-hmm. see them. They're the third person or a group of people, and you have to ask a question about the two of them. So the question would be like, "Who do you think, or who thinks they're the best looking out of the two of you?" 
mm. or who thinks they're the nicest person. And whoever thinks it is, they have to drink. Mm. And the idea is that you keep it going as, as much as possible. So if uh, if one person drinks and the other one doesn't, then you carry on. Yeah. But if both of you drink, then you're out. You or if lost. none of you drink, you're out. Yeah, right, yeah. And that, that, like, that really sorts out like what people will actually think of you yeah. or what you actually think of yourself. It's like one of those, those drinking games where you, you start off um you start off gentle and then you ask And her, then they just get more brutal. You, you have to be comfortable with people. Don't do, don't do, do people yeah, you don't know very well. The, yeah, it's yeah. not for the faint-hearted. Like, <laughs> you got some brutal <laughs> Who do you think is the best dressed? Um, I think that's not even that bad, to be fair. Well, because me, like, me and my cousin were in it and people asking, like... Um, who, who do you think is more favoured in the family? Yeah. Who's like, a more likeable person? Who's more likeable? <laughs> yeah, who would my dad rather take to, um, take to Aston Villa games and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that got brutal. That's a good one. But, yeah, but, um, I guess for our household, I'd say the traditions now is not usually actually Christmas Day. Obviously, we do the same. We, like, we go, I'll go to church. We'll go, we'll have Christmas dinner, we'll play games and stuff. But it's more like Boxing Day now. Mm-hmm. So we have like a tradition. Me and my cousins, um, we'll go to um, to Aston Villa, that's our local football team. We'll all go to a game, then we'll go to town. We'll have a drink, and then we'll exchange our secret Santa presents. Right. Yeah. And we'll be there all day. We watch the rest of the game. We see the rest of the results come in. Um, some of um, all of our cousins' friends will come as well. It's actually like really nice. We do that like literally every single year. This will be the only year where all four of us won't be doing it anymore because one of them has to work, unfortunately. Oh, right, yeah. So now, kind of like the thing I look forward to or the traditions I try to keep up are kind of around Christmas but not actually on that Christmas day, which it, is weird. It happens, I think, <coughs> for ourselves, like the, non, the non-Christmas day activities are probably... It's probably just family visiting. Mm, I think yeah. we've not done much visiting, but I find that... Because there's lots of families that live in London, for example. It's like when they come to Birmingham, they tend to pass through where we are. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's the main tradition, I think. It's family coming round. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe we might switch up this year. Maybe we should go to someone else's. And we'll we'll see both grandparents at least once over the holidays. Because they both both, live within the area. Well, not nearby, but not too far away. Within, Mm. within Within reach, anyway. Yeah. Do you have, like... Obviously, Christmas is synonymous with Christmas songs. Do you have mm. any like any faves? Any favorite Christmas songs? Um, I must have a few, surely. Uh, some I might have to sing some. To, so, like, obviously, I'm a massive, massive Donny Hathaway fan. So, this Christmas mm-hmm. by Donny Hathaway. Um, from like the more the more mainstream ones, I'm sick of the Mariah Carey song. However. I do, it's I, still I do acknowledge it as a genius piece of songwriting. Yeah. <laughs> so there is. So I'm, I don't, don't go my way to listen to it, but I, I do appreciate you know that she did what she had to do when she laid down that track. You know that she made. You know she made like three hundred three hundred thousand dollars a year from that from that one song. Yeah. Legendary. Uh, uh, there must be. I never think of. It. I like Eartha Kitt, Santa Baby. Oh, that's a banger. I like. Yeah. Is it is it Driving Home for Christmas by Sting? That's not Sting. It's like it's, it? some, it's like a one hit wonder guy. I think like mm. Dave Ria or something like that. So for me, for me, the yeah. bang, the bangers. So mm. the the number one banger for me is Mary's Boy Child by uh, by Boney M. Oh, Mary's Boy Child, Jesus Christ, was born. I'm Christmas Day. Maybe 
when I was, I was in Tesco yesterday and I heard a song, I said to my dad, this sounds like Boney M. It sounds yeah. like, like Rasputin. Yeah. Do they have more than one Christmas song? Because if they don't, then it would have been that that I heard. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard a okay. different one. It must have been, I think I heard that yesterday for like maybe the first time. Oh, what a banger that is. Sounds good. It's not, I, I don't think it's so popular actually. I think it's because like, it's got a religious element to it. Uh-huh. And obviously like, I feel like that's a bit more downplayed nowadays. But that's a banger, that's like, what? and... My parents, mm. like, always, like, when that song comes on, I know it's Christmas, because that yeah. was such a big song in my household. So, so that one. What else do you... Um, um, Nat King Cole, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Chestnut Roasting on an Open Fire. Oh, yeah. The, the, that one. Yeah, that's, the, that's, that's, that's a banger. You can't tell me that's not a banger. <laughs> um, Andy Williams, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Mm. Why? Why? <laughs> no, no. Oh, I don't have to like them. You don't have to like. Bang, them. Another banger. I'm sure. I'm sure there must be something forgetting. Um, I like. Um, you know, um, Destiny's Child, um, Eight Days of Christmas. A banger. That is a. That is the a whole really album. To be fair. Yes. they've got um, their Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is oh. Yeah, um, the, the most time That's... Christmas uh, classics are um, are not too bad as well. I'm sure I must know a few. Uh, I can't think of them. No, like I saw Mummy Kissing Santa Claus by the oh, Jackson Five. Be, oh yeah, I can't think there would have been Motown back then, innit? Yeah, um, yeah, they were, yeah, they were Motown like that. Like those are those That's are a classic. I also like um, my, the cheesiest one. You know, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply hey, having I a wonderful that, Christmas hate time. Hate that one. I think it's great. There were some songs that I genuinely would think should be like just struck from the canon, like from, uh, strike it from the canon. For me, there must be one. Um, yeah, I've literally got a, a whole bag of them that if I never heard <laughs> them again, I'd be curious about that one. Shaking Stevens. Oh, that's like a... Like, snow is falling, oh, that's all a, around That's me. a boring song, it's just, it, it yeah. just, It's just shit. Yeah. It's it, it, a bad song. I reckon it entered the canon early, that's why it's there. But yeah. it's pretty... Because that was now, it wouldn't, it, wouldn't yeah. hold, it wouldn't hold up. That Slade one. So, here it is. Man, oh, get rid of it. We have to play that in December. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, in oh secondary school, it was a train wreck. Yeah, it's, it's just a shit, shit song. It was... A wizard. I wish, oh, I wish it could be Christmas every day. It's, that one. It's boring. I, think. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. It's got, boring. That one. Um, what else? I think those four. If you get rid of those, everyone can keep the rest of them. Okay, <laughs> oh, and actually, actually, um, you know um, that Band Aid one. Oh, um, feed the world. Or something. Yeah, like do they know it's Christmas? Do the yeah. It's just, it's just, Have you listened to that song like, cheesy, recently? Nah. The look. lyrics are problematic as fuck, man. I'd have to give them a, a look over. Um, it's, it's a, they, they released three of them. Hmm. And in the later one that they released, they changed the lyrics because they're just like, they're just not okay. They're like, the lyrics are just not okay now. In what world are they kind of like patronising? They're like super, it's like one, it, it teaches Africa as like just one big country. Yeah. And if it's like just one big impoverished country, yeah. like where people can't look after themselves and in the lyrics of the song, it's like, um, what they say, like, um, yeah, there's a world outside your window and there's a world of, I can't remember, where the only water flowing is a bitter sting of tears. What? Oh. <laughs> and the Christmas bells that ring there are like the clanging chimes of doom. Oh, I and beg then, your pardon. And then, the, <laughs> and, then the, 
<laughs> the best, the best bit is is when I think in the um, in the remake, Bono, uh, Bono, he talks mm. like humanitarian. He's like, "Well, tonight, thank God, it's them instead of you." Oh my God! Terrible. Okay, so it's probably good. That, well, we can strike that one. Up, strike that. Just like one kind of night. We we don't play it in our house anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you know. But yeah, that one is, I mean, to be fair, a lot of them, like now in our like 2019 lens. We need new ones. I think people keep trying, but no one's impressed me so far. The thing is, like, a lot of them are kind of like problematic, kind of like, with, like in the lens of like the Me Too move. Like, you know, like baby, it's cold outside and stuff. Oh, I, and, don't, like, think, I don't even know one's that bad, to be honest. But, yeah. I mean, the thing is, the woman, in, in the song, the woman definitely says, I need to go. I'm yeah. leaving now. <laughs> like, yeah. So know. like the lyrics, but like you know, I think John Legend had like rewritten the lyrics to it uh-huh. for like our for our like 2019 sensibilities. Oh, God, tell me about it. <laughs> Not mine even, personally, but yeah. <laughs> even, like even though I am like sent like of that of kind of that sensibility, I don't think it does us any favors to rewrite it. Like. I think we need to realise that it was over time. Mm. Um, people thought differently, like things that were acceptable were just different then. Mm. And that we can just accept it. Like if you don't want to listen to a song again, then completely fine, don't listen to it. Yeah. But it's kind of like, if you rewrite it or if you do it for now, it's kind of like erasing things of the past. Mm. And I think it's important to remember it if you want to progress and you want to go further. I don't think it should it be preserved. Any, yeah, I don't think it does us any favour just to like pretend like it never happened or whatever. It's also nice to look back on times and things are simpler. <laughs> 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 Lord, Lord of mercy. Those were the days. <laughs> Good you old say, days. You can say what you want to with no accountability. Oh yeah. god. Well the thing is <laughs> the thing is I don't think I mean us being queer men of colour, even like then I don't think we could have said anything that we wanted to with no accountability. Basically, yeah. It's more like a certain section. I mean society. let's just say let's just say it like <laughs> It'd be like kind of white men, like white straight men, basically. Uh, yeah. You could say what they want with impunity. <laughs> and I feel like now, I mean, we're verging off topic again. Uh-huh. But now, I feel like there is such, um, like, this whole snowflake thing. Mm. And people feel like you're so PC because that, because that group in particular yeah. is being made aware of, like, of things that they're being, like, not okay to say now than they were before. And they don't want to be made to feel uncomfortable exactly, at the same time. Exactly, or accountable for the things that you say. So I think, um, I think, like most people, there's a balance of it. Because there's certainly some instances I see where people, I think people are just being ridiculously sensitive. And then others where there is a problem that needs to be called out. Mm-hmm. But um, it can be like a a spiralling, you know, trap though. Because it's like, well, we keep pushing to like, correct this, correct this, correct this. And think eventually people like trip on their own swords like it's got to stop somewhere but it's it's just subjective it's about calling out the right stuff i think um i think i don't know it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one because you can't really look into it whether people intend to offend you can't use that as a measure mm. i think it's about correcting things that are genuinely offensive but again that's gonna be very very from person to person yeah but i don't think we should go out of way just to look for things that are innocent, i don't think you should i but... don't think you should go out of your way to look for things to make you offended but what i think is that um, I think like one of the things that I find particularly frustrating in this time is that when something, when someone does say something or something does happen, like you open it up for a debate or for people to mm-hmm. have a conversation about it. And if someone, like if someone says something or does something that is offensive, that is harmful to a group of people, 
when they did, when they do, like the the knee jerk reaction to, to try and shut it down, exactly, yeah. instead well, of like acknowledge that you've mm. actually like you actually done something that's offensive and why it's offensive to try and improve your behaviours. But because now we're like just putting ourselves into such camp, those who are snowflakes and those who are not, mm. like it's it, it's like it's not helping anyone basically. Mm. And I think it's counterproductive, counterproductive to what we want to achieve, because some like some things people get offended by. That I, I personally wouldn't have been offended by, but maybe it, I'm not offended by it because it's not affecting me. Yeah, and everyone's got different boundaries as well. So exactly. So yeah. So yeah. I just think that if we put our ego to the, if we checked our ego more often, and actually tried to listen and tried to understand, mm-hmm. we'd be in a, in a much better place. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> um, obviously, I, I mean, following on to that subject, um, obviously it's Christmas now. Um, I feel like it's all it's not so much always a great time of year for people mm. I fact people like us who um who are queer, who have families who don't necessarily support or like they have to deal with like, a lot of bigotry from their uh, yeah. from their family members. I fortunately don't have that but not people that do mm. um who do and it's about kind of it's a period of long suffering and yeah. just trying to Have you never had that before, like um, not in my immediate family. I'd say I'll have some relatives who have slightly backwards views, but they don't know that I'm gay, so... Yeah. And they're not the kind of relatives I see very often. Yeah. So it's always been a case of, if anything's mentioned, it's usually like a passing thing, and you just, you just kind of switch off. I know other people don't have that luxury, because they might feel like a conversation or an agenda is being forced down their throat if, um, if, if people start talking about things they don't agree with. Yeah. And they can't really just, like, like they can't, like, turn off the conversation. They can't switch out. Switch yeah. off. Um, but I've, I've, you know, I've not had to, I've, I've, fortunately, I've not had to deal with any kind of, you know, yeah. any kind of, I've not felt like I've been trapped anywhere yeah. or anything. So, I, well, I guess for me, uh, there definitely have been conversations like that before. And this is before I came out. And it was kind of in, the, in between the period where, like, I was in the closet, so... Or, like, I knew, like, um, I, I was like, I knew I was gay or that like, I was in the closet and, like, people just saying just, like, horrendous things. Mm. And because I wasn't brave enough to call it out, I just yeah. had to sit there and just, like, take, just, like, just, like bigotry, just be, just be you'd out. But it's, like, if you... It depends what your relationship's like with those people. If you think it's worth challenging... Then, yeah. Uh, and also, it's a case of, you know, if you are calling out, you're taking a lot of... Um, you're taking a lot on your shoulders as well. If, yeah. I, f- I feel like some family members, when I come across family members that might have said stuff like that, they, they, it's usually the kind of family I, I see very, very rarely. So I'm mm-hmm. like, is it actually worth it? Like, yeah. Um, but it, it depends. If you think it's worth fighting for them. I don't know. Just it's thing, it's like, if, if it's not called out, then it's just going to happen again and again. But mm. at the same time, these are your family members. Like sometimes yeah. it's your like, immediate family members. Mm. And um, and it might not. It, I think it's just so subjective. Like you have to decide yourself if you think it's. You worth. just pick your battles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. But if we, yeah, if we spent our whole time being like just upset by, oh, it's just yeah. It's sometimes it can that that thing in itself can be just such a minefield. Yeah, just the burden of always having to fight against stuff, cut stuff out. Yeah, and just yeah. I just, well, well, for me, I just don't want to, like, I don't want any negativity. And I don't want to have to endure, like, people saying mm. any, like, anything negative about it. So, I don't know, I'm hopefully that won't happen this Christmas. Mm-hmm. But um, if I do, I don't know if I'll call it out or not, but I hope to myself that I will say something. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it's just not, it's not acceptable. And I feel like 
I don't know. I feel like me not doing anything about it, just giving like a bit of tacit approval on like on what people say. I wouldn't say that, no. I think if you I think it was a case if you saw someone was being mistreated and you didn't say anything, that'd be different. But if it's just someone spouting views at like a, a family event or like a Christmas dinner or something, yeah. and you didn't speak up. It all, yeah, it's, it's, it all future, it's future, so I don't think you have to feel like you've got, a, you know, an absolute obligation to, like, you know, take on that fight. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, um, oh, God. Um, Kevin and I are in, a, um, are in a WhatsApp group, and I feel like if we take us all by our, like, political or persuasion, uh-huh. I think I've, I mean, I've definitely been, like, red and had a shade phone at me for being, like... An SJW. <laughs> Ble- bleeding hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Um, Come by our, let's all hold, <laughs> let's all hold hands and love each other. Or being, yeah, being what, an SJW and all this. And like, whenever something comes out, it's always like, people are always like, oh, Ainsley, come get your pee for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's interesting to have the different perspectives, though. Mm. I like that. Well... And yeah, but we'll, I think we'll say that for another episode. I guess like, uh, yeah, it's not not, not the uh, it's not a, it's not a quick topic, is it? Like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like none of like none of it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, Christmas. I just yeah. Now it's just all I can think of now is basically just stress, just because like there's so much. I think because like I'm working, mm. I'm working. I live in a different city. I have to, like, travel back to home. Mm. I have to, like, get everything sorted out. I have to, like... If I'm lucky enough to get up, to get leave, to do all that, so that becomes more part of it. Yeah. And, like, Christmas parties as well, I guess, I'd say. I think I've been... Where I am is... Where I'm working now is good, because this is the... I think it's the first place I've worked where we're not, we're not, not really required to work over the holiday period. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've been other places where you've had to juggle... One, when I was working part-time at Pizza Hut, I remember it was, um, there's one year, I got absolutely swindled. I had to work Christmas Eve, Boxing Day, New Year's Eve, nah, and New Year's Day. Right. Nah, that's not right. I was nah, absolutely nibbled. Right. Yeah. I was going to quit, you know. I was close to it, I really was. But I think if, if that had been now, obviously that was 20 years old and numpty back then. Yeah. Just took it. <laughs> but um, that would not happen again. Yeah, because <laughs> no, you do have to, like, I think you do have to stick up for yourself with things like that, because if they, if you let them, if they feel like they can, like, they take you for a ride, they, they yeah. will do Exactly. But, um, I've had... How many Christmas parties have you been to this year? Zero. Any Christmas parties? So, at my work, um, they've, they've split... So, the main... Well, the biggest department have their own party now. Then we ha- I think we were given a separate budget, but I feel like it's maybe a bit fragmented because also I work nights, so mm-hmm. I don't know much of the day team. Yeah. The day team makes up most of the group. But they had a work night, but not many people actually went to it. Um, and then we tried. To, I well, we were t- there was talk of doing one for the night shift team, but no one seemed to be on it, so we left yeah. it. Also, because I do contracting as well, a lot of the time there's not that kind of bond that there is if you have like right, full time yeah. workers in in an office. Um, but it can it varies from year to year, I guess. But I wasn't going to force it this year because the one that was happening, I was thinking, well, I don't really know any of these people, so yeah. I can go. But I went to three parties this year, or from work, or just from. I went on one before. I, I went to one before. I can't even remember. Oh, right, so. I take Christmas parties in like just a gathering with friends. Mm-hmm. So the first one I went to was um, we went for a bottomless brunch in the city, yeah. in London. Then I went to two Christmas parties in work, and then like, I'd even say like when uh, you, me, and my cousin when we went, yeah. to the, I said, I'd even say that was a bit of a Christmas party. I guess because it's, it's our annual meetup, isn't it? So yeah. it's just a shame that obviously two people have dropped off the group. Well, 
But um, the less said about them, yeah, <laughs> less said about that, the better. So it's three of us now, but I think yeah, because that's like a tradition with your review. I would say that's I, I'd say it's a pie. Then, yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. I think because I like there's there's so few of us now, uh-huh. and because like there was there was less emphasis on dancing. Like, we didn't go out into town or anything. Yeah, I'm finding. In fact, I've had this conversation with my friends back in Newcastle. Because a lot of the time, the format seems to be, oh, pre-drinks and out to a club. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm pushing 30 now. Most times, and I think a lot of people felt this also at younger ages, um, that I just, I just want to go to a few bars. I'd rather do a small bar crawl, go yeah. to a few pubs. Yeah. Like, I love dancing at the next person, but every week, uh, no, I don't I to be do doing that. that. No, yeah, yeah, I can't do that. I don't really, I don't really like going to clubs. Like, I'll go, if I'm going to a club, I'd rather go to like an LGBT club than LGBT night. And just because, mm. like, I've been to the mainstream ones so often. I'm quite open, to be fair. I can go to either. Um, but I don't want to be going every week. For me, the, the, the pickiest thing is the music, because there's certain music I just... I can't dance to a cheesy pop, for example. Yeah. In Newcastle, there's a lot of that. Or you have stuff that's only in, like, on radio play or in the top 40. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this, man? Yeah. I need a beat. And a baseline. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, it's gonna be it's gonna be R and B and hip hop on here when I'm going out, or some bashment. But I don't know where you can find bashment in Newcastle. Maybe oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm looking to the right place. You'll be looking at like there's like hard. there's two clubs on the top of my head where I think that attracts attract a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. So in Newcastle there was um this top top palace. Everyone talks about it. I've never been there. I used to live like two minutes from there, so I haven't been. But there's one called Jalou, and I've been there once. It was hilarious. I walked in there. I was like, "Oh, this is where all the black people in Newcastle have been hiding." Yeah. <laughs> I, felt like I, I, felt like I felt like I was back in Birmingham. I was like, "I was like, I don't know about this place before." Like, <laughs> but, oh, that's um, funny. but yeah, oh, I, I I love clubbing, but I have to be in the mood for it. And it's like once every once every couple of months, I think for me is good now. I, but there's so many bars in Newcastle I haven't been to, so many pubs, and that's what I want to explore. Yeah. I'm more interested in going to bars and pubs at the weekend now, as long as I'm out and doing something. But I don't always have to go out dancing, for example. But mm-hmm. I clash with my other friend because she always wants to go dancing or something and she doesn't really drink much. Yeah. I'm thinking, don't get bored doing the same thing every single week. Come yeah. on. Let's make it up a bit. But yeah, that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> God. I think, did you want to talk about Christmas movies? Because I, I'm sure I must have seen a few. What, what do I like? What, what do you like as in Christmas movies? My favourites are Home Alone, the first one, obviously. Okay. That's yeah. like, it's not Christmas until unless you watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, A Nightmare Before Christmas is another great one. Okay. Um, It's a Wonderful Life. Great movie. Have you seen it before? Um, low on the ground when it comes to a... Thin on the ground when it comes to a Christmas you know, movie. Um, the, the phrase, um, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Is that is it from that movie? That's from that movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know about that phrase, to be fair. <laughs> so, it's a, basically, it's about um, a guy, a man. It's a black and white movie. It's mm. about a man. He's about to kill himself. He, like he's like standing like I think he's like on the edge of like a road or something. Yeah. No spoilers, but just yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not. So I'm spoiled it. Um, just, he's about to kill himself. This yeah. happened like, right at the beginning. Yeah. And then like this like I don't know like ghost or ghoul comes, and it shows him like what would have happened if he like if he did it and like if he wasn't here anymore. So a little bit like Christmas Carol. A bit like a Christmas yeah. Carol. Yeah. Speaking of which, have you seen a Muppets Christmas Carol? Before, but I don't I really think remember. It's, oh, I'm not. I'm, I haven't seen too many Christmas movies, but that one is. Uh, I really rate it. Really? Yeah. I know it's, I know it's for kids, but it's, it's, it's just a Muppets in it on Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a few good musical numbers on it as well. <laughs> um, 
I think I so it's like one of those things you associate with childhood. So even if I rewatched it and thought it was meh, then um, I'd still you know, mm. still got a, a place in my heart. Yeah. What else have I seen as a Christmas movie? I've seen the first Home Alone ages ago. Um, we don't tend to watch Christmas movies at Christmas. We just tend to watch what what we think would be a good family movie, for example. Mm. What have I watched before? You know, Hidden Figures. With um, yeah, that is not a Christmas movie. But it's, it's not like a Christmas day. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, so I get it's got that, a Christmasy yeah. feel to it. Yeah. Well, I think we watched Anchorman one year. Again, that's that's not Christmasy. Yeah, that's, that's not, not Christmasy at all. Yeah. Um, well, it's actually quite funny because because <laughs> between Christmas and New Year's, you watch films in general, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I think that was when obviously it wasn't on Christmas Day itself, but a few years ago, <laughs> what did we watch during that period that we hadn't seen? Twelve Years a Slave. Oh <laughs> my like, god! It's like yeah. the worst time of the year to watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, um, I think it's just general. I, I need to. Re- oh, actually, I need to rewatch um, the first Die Hard because I don't remember. I was it, about to ask you that. But like, that's um, that is, but that is quite divisive. People have different opinions on it, whether that's Christmas, Christmas movie or not. Movie or not. Yeah. I definitely. I remember the second one very well, but the first one, I might have been seeing bits of it. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm that. I'm. I'm putting my. Um. I'm putting my stake, my <laughs> yeah. flag in the ground. It's a Christmas movie. Okay. <laughs> um. One of my favorite favorite films is uh, you know Catch Me If You Can. That's with um, oh, Leonardo, DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. Yeah. And I've tried a number of times to very, very little success to add that one into the Christmas canon because it Christmas is in it, every, like Christmas is a big part in of the movie. So in the story, um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character calls his character um, Carl Hanratty on the phone and the talk of Christmas, even though they're trying to find him. Oh, right. So, Christmas is a big element in it. But every time I've tried to say it, it was like a Christmas movie, I've been, like, shut down. But doesn't it finish? I've not seen it in years, but doesn't it finish at Christmas? You know, he's in the warehouse at the end, and he it finally catches him. It doesn't, it, that, it, doesn't finish, it doesn't end there. It's a right. long movie. There's definitely a Christmas scene in it, I'm sure. There, was, there, was, there, were, there were a few Christmas scenes in it. The Harry Potter films, in I don't really like the Harry Potter films. Well, I like six, seven, and eight, but most of them I don't really like. But... They are, they're good Christmas viewing because obviously the, mm. there's Christmas in every one, I think. Yeah, but, it is, the books yeah. Anyway. but I, not a Christmas movie, but They're like, Christmas movies, it's yeah. good, like, Christmas, like, Christmas or films after Christmas are ones that the whole family can watch. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be watching necessarily, like, films with, like, big sex scenes in them or, like, oh, no, <laughs> that's all. Just, with your parents in the room, it's all good. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, what else um, have you watched at Christmas? Um, there's, I've actually never seen it. I've, you know, I'd love actually. Never watched it. I've either. never watched it, and I actually vowed to never watch it. I feel like I, I feel like I'm not going to like it anyway. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's like a rom com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rom com at Christmas. I've, I've I've seen the last scene, or I don't know if it's the last, but there's a scene where they're singing "All I Want for Christmas Is You." The little girl singing it's some talent show. Yeah, that's the only part of it I've seen. Um, all, I've seen the bit. I can't remember what the actor's name is, but you know when like he's at the woman's doorstep and he has like the cards, and he's like, and he's on, he's like. Trying to like woo her or something. Uh-huh. There's that scene in there. Oh, I've seen people. I've seen the parodies of that, but I haven't seen the actual scene. Yeah, no, me neither. But like I said, it just I it, I feel like it's just not gonna be for me. No. Like I said, like there are certain films I just vowed to never watch, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen Elf. I can't remember well, but I've, I've seen, seen Elf. a bit of Elf. Yeah, uh, like oh, uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street is is good. That's quite heartwarming. When's it, when, when when did that come out? Is it set years ago? So it came out like years and years ago, and they did a um, a remake in our lifetime. Okay. You know, have you heard of Marvel Wilson? She played Matilda. Oh, her. As in yeah, she's the oh. girl in it. Yeah. 
Oh, and it did come out when she was a kid. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she's. I thought. I thought she'd only done Matilda, and nothing else. No, she did Matilda. She did that, and she did Neon Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, By the way, I she did, love Mrs. Doubtfire so much. That is one of the movies of my childhood. I've not watched it in years, but I, I remember enjoying it. But I, I love it. Isn't that, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, like, I think that's her. Like that's her breakout role, Matilda. <laughs> Have you watched it again? In Which, like recent years, Matilda. Yeah. No, I watched it. I must have watched that about at least five times as a kid. I've watched it. I've, Has it I've aged well? It. Do you think? No. Is it not? I mean, no. It's not. I mean, it's aged well in the terms of like its content. So I don't think I. I don't remember it being like really problematic or anything like that. <laughs> um, I mean, apart from it being a, a, a girl who'd been basically neglected by her parents and abused by a school teacher. Yeah, <laughs> apart yeah. from that. Uh-huh. But um, it's just like... So, Danny DeVito plays the dad in it. Mm. But he also plays the narrator for some reason. He does, yeah. Yeah, which... I've noticed that as a kid. Yeah, but... but I think sometimes you notice it without... You not, notice it subconsciously. Yeah, you? exactly. I thought, like, when you think about it again, that's just a very odd choice. Like, it is, yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got a good narration voice, but for, to do both parts. Yeah. Narrating it, and the narrator's sympathetic when they told mm-hmm. Matilda. And then, yeah. and then the but actual then character's plays, telling yeah. him that she's a piece of shit, basically. Yeah, and, and, like, but he, and he, like, the narrator doesn't acknowledge that he's in the story, either. No. I, I can deal with it where, like, oh, this is my life, and I'm in it as well. Yeah. That's fine. That that will that works as a story, but they mm. just never did that. And the special effects in that movie are just so bad. Um, let me think. Like the levitation stuff. I'd have to rewatch it again. There's a bit in it. Um, the, there's a girl where like she swings her there. Um, the bomb pigtails. Yeah, yeah. Like, she swings around like she's a like she's a hammer. Like it's a hammer throw. Yeah. yeah. And then um, she like I think does Matilda use her power to like stabilize her. But in it, she's like she look. You look like she. She looks like she's sitting on a chair, basically. I think doesn't Miss Trunchbull throw lavender at the end, and she makes lavender fly. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was it, yeah. I wonder what lavender's doing now in real life. <laughs> I reckon. I, I reckon she will be like. You know, most people like grow up with puberty and like be like a, like a gorgeous. Like, yeah, she'd probably be like one of those man. Like picture be like, being some kind of neo soul artist. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. She maybe. must be our age, surely. Lavender Brown. Yeah. Is that was it? Was no, it that's, Lavender that's Brown? Harry Potter, that's Harry yeah. <laughs> I don't know what her surname was. Lavender something. So. Yeah, Lavender. I don't think she had a last name in, the, no, um, in it. Um, you know, know uh, Matilda or Mark Wilson's bisexual? Yeah, because um, when I was just browsing once on the internet, you know, you get those articles that like link. It's like spam. You didn't know. Her. Yeah, we just, yeah. yeah, it says 10 people who are LGBT that you didn't know they were. Yeah. Um, and her, I didn't click on it, but her name was, her, her face was on the front of it. Yeah, well. yeah. But yeah, she, I think she does a lot of writing as well. She yeah. doesn't, obviously she doesn't make movies anymore. I've heard people make jokes about Matilda that they think, um, again, I think they were only half joking. But they're saying, oh, don't you think Miss Honey's relationship with Matilda was a bit concerning? Or... <laughs> 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 I just thought, <laughs> I thought, oh, come on, you're looking for a problem that's not there, kind of thing. I was going to say she's too enthusiastic about the little girl, but um, we're not we're, I, we're not going down this road. We're not. No, I think yeah, I, I we're, think we're the, not ruining. We're, we're not to, ruining. Like, cut Miss Honey, cut Miss Honey some slack. Yeah, the, yeah like. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, that whole the whole ending that like oh Miss Honey like bear in mind adopted her. Yeah, yeah, bear in mind that like the Wormwoods, the mum and dad had met her like once or twice. Yeah, and they're all happy to just sign off these adoption papers and like, and then Matilda's off like oh, Matilda's like, oh well, look, um, here's this paper, just to put your signature on it. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, so that's, that is. that's that's smooth the process. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, the one thing, because we read the book at school, which I don't really remember, but the one thing I do remember is that um, she doesn't keep her powers at the end in the book. She doesn't she have really, powers in the book? Exactly. She, 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 doesn't, she doesn't have powers at all in the book. Huh? She doesn't have powers? She doesn't have levitation powers sure in the she book. Does. She doesn't? Then what? She, doesn't she doesn't have powers in the book. I thought she loses them at the end. She doesn't. She does not have powers at all I'm in the book. Adamant she's got powers. She does not have powers in the book. <laughs> I'd have to. Ask like it. we need to. We, we need to settle this. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we are um, in the process of checking this right now. I swear she's got powers. She doesn't in the have book. powers in the book. Matilda, book, synopsis. Yeah, all of that was invented for the. Um... I think you are you about to ruin my childhood. I think you might be able to. Um, let me have a look. Right. Plot. She's got powers. After Matilda reveals her powers to Miss Honey, Miss Honey confides... You know what, I'm going to read it again. Cause I got, just, the one thing I remember was basically she has levitation powers, but I don't think she's all the fandangle stuff that you see in the movie. Yeah. But at the very end... Her powers leave her because she doesn't need them anymore because she's like, you know, she's overcome the adversity. Hmm. But yeah, she's definitely got powers. I'll check that again, man. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I will reread it, man. We can reread Roald Dahl there. Well, I guess it's. Oh, I don't know. He's, re- he's written stuff for adults as well, hasn't he? Yeah. I think there's a few knocking about him. I would, read, I would read children's books, though. I think it's fine. Like, well, yeah. written, well written children's books that adults can read. Like Harry Potter. Oh, would you call them children's books? Harry Potter children's books. The first, the first one, definitely. The first. Yeah. Um, they get a bit darker in tone. The one I think, yeah. I think they get darker in tone because the target audience, the target readership gets older. I'm not sure, you know, because the one, my biggest gripe with the movies, and the first time I saw the movies, I, tr- I just trashed them the first time around. Mm-hmm. Gave it a few years. I'm going to watch them again. I, I tried to come with an open mind thinking, right, these are adaptations... Forget about the book and see if you enjoy them just as films. And I thought they were a bit better. But the one thing that bothered me was that the films just weren't dark enough. Because I I think you and me would have been, well, similar age. When they were coming out, we would have been, I think, at one point the same age as the kids in the book. Mm-hmm. So I read the first one when I was nine years old. Yeah. I read the last one when I was 17. So literally I was growing up, like, with the books. Yeah. And I remember, even from reading the, I think the first one, but even the second and third, I thought was scary. The fourth one, you know, with Voldemort comes back in the mm-hmm. end. That was two. Was that two thousand? I was yeah. being ten years old. Yeah, I was terrified and read that as a ten year old. Yeah, and you see it in the film, and I don't, I don't think it's just because I'm older. Obviously, when no, it came that, out, I think it just wasn't that scary was, at all. That was a mess. Like me and uh, my housemate, my flatmate, we always joke about that scene where um, Harry escapes. I can't yeah. remember where it was, and he comes and he gets a court key and comes back to uh, Hogwarts with the yeah. Trident tournament. <laughs> So that scene is just a total mess. It's but just, just in, you know, in the graveyard. Yeah. Because that's absolutely terrifying. The book yeah. is so well written. And then Voldemort comes, and for starters, I was seeing Voldemort thinking, oh, it's just Ray Fiennes in it. Mm. Like, and he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't scary enough. And then, like, you know, when he, um, when he's seen, like, the bloody Cruciatus curse. Yeah. He's like, Christia! <laughs> I was like, why are you saying nothing that for? Like, yeah. <laughs> No, you know, that was a joke. The that whole is, no, that is a good point. I think the darkness isn't in it. As, isn't in there. As much. I mean, for me, it was from literally seven part one. That was the first one I saw. I thought, yes, this is dark. Yeah, they need to do it again, maybe as a TV series or something. But I think because they were thinking, so many kids are going to watch the films. Yeah, but I was like, this. It, it, that's what missed the mark for me because it was too. It was like too too soft, too limp wristed, too like you know the hit hand it with kid gloves or whatever you want to say. Um, for me. There are, uh, uh, there are a number of issues I have with Harry Potter. One, I think the acting is atrocious. 
from the kids, man. Yeah, they got better, but in the first few films, it was it was horrendous. And like appalling. that particular like, that scene when uh, when he comes back, and I, I don't even know what Daniel Radcliffe probably doing. He's probably crying like, when he brings Cedric's dead body. He's like having some kind of seizure, isn't he? Yeah, he like brings Cedric's dead body back to uh, back to Hogwarts. Yeah, and he's like, and they've got like, they've got a marching man playing <laughs> in the background. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, when they got when the boy is when the boy is clearly clearly yeah. dead. Yeah. I was like, there wasn't like, a marching band in the book. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what is going on? It was. Uh, I think also didn't, didn't they all have different directors? A lot of them did. Well, they uh, yeah, switched so, quite a few times. Um, Del Toro, Guillermo Del Toro, he did the sixth one, uh-huh. and that one visually looks very different to the it's rest very of dark, them. Isn't it? Yeah. That one is that one is dark. The sixth one. Um, what I would have liked about the sixth one. Is you know you get lots of flashbacks about Voldemort's childhood. Mm-hmm. You only got a few in the sixth, as in, as in yeah. there were loads. That's what I, I the, the sixth is my favorite book. Easily. Yeah, but I think it's one of my least favorite films. I think the worst is number five. The film five is awful, but um, with the sixth one, you see a lot of Voldemort's backstory, which is what made the film. Yeah, so, and in the so which is what made the book. In the film, there's such a lack of action, mm-hmm. and also um, you know there's a big skirmish at the end of the sixth one when they're yeah. in the castle. All they did was Snake kills Dumbledore, and they did literally just waltz out the building. <laughs> just walk home. There's no no fight or anything. And yeah. then Bellatrix was on the scene, and everyone loves like um, Helena Bonham Carton's the uh, portrayal of Bellatrix. And yeah. mine is um, I was on the fence with that. I didn't think. It was, I think uh, I think the movie Bellatrix is a bit shrill, actually. She's awful. Well, she, she right. I think if the book didn't exist, I'd like the portrayal. But it was. I think is it Helena or Helena? Helena. Helena, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because she was kind of playing the kind of same character that she's played in um in like Sweeney Todd, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel and also like in, in Fight Club when she's in that. Um Bellatrix in the books I pictures, you know the mum from Adam's family. Yeah. I thought she'd be like that. And Bellatrix in the books was terrifying. She if she laughed, it was like a manic laughter. Yeah. But in the film she was kind of silly. Yeah. Like, like um like tittering and stuff mm-hmm. and like, not under control. The one in the book, she was, you know, she was mad, but she's always in control. Yeah. Not just trashing the place for fun. Yeah, she was a badass bitch but as I well. Had, in, exactly. Uh, yeah. She really was. Um, goals. But, um, <laughs> but in the in the film, like the sixth one, like I said, the main thing was that there was no battle at the end. And then I saw on some forum, apparently the director, someone had said that. Because I knew there was going to be a big battle at the end of the seventh, but they didn't want it to be cliche. I don't know how true that was, but yeah. the sixth was a massive anticlimax. Mm. But anyway... So Which bit... house would you put yourself in? Definitely Slytherin. Yeah, um, I would put you in Slytherin as well. Yeah, I think most people know we put me in Slytherin, and it's interesting because I used to read the books. Like, um, I don't like Gryffindors. I think I did, it took me a long time to realize. I don't like, like. I don't like Gryffindors either. I didn't. It took me a long time to realize because I used to actually, you know, when bad things used to happen to them, I'd actually enjoy it without realizing. <laughs> and like people like Malfoy. Apart from the whole, like, you know, racial under- or racist undertones that they have for Slytherin, I can think I'd be hanging around with them if I was at Hogwarts. It's like they seem, oh, much, they seem no. much more fun. Like, do you no, know what I mean? Like, no. They were just funny. Oh my god, no. They used to catch joke all the time because they're taking the piss out of them. Oh no, my god. <laughs> what house would you be in? So, I'd be, I'd probably be a Ravenclaw, okay. but closely followed by Slytherin. I, oh, I think, I can see that, yeah. Um, I would rather be a squib than, I'd rather be a squib than a Hufflepuff. Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I think I've met a few people who are Hufflepuffs, but not, like, you know, but not dunces. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so let's be honest, that, that, she made that house for, you know, you know, that was, that was like the people like, you know, oh, they try hard, but they're you know, just a bit thick. Anyway. <laughs> she gave what, what, she gave them the, the qualities were hard working and loyal. 
Yeah. So that to me says like, oh, you know, people who, you know, that they, they try, but they never quite make oh, the grade. You are such a Slytherian. Oh my <laughs> god. But she made she made the houses quite one. What I read them as quite one dimensional. Yeah. So Gryffindors were you know, big headed. I see. Brash and br- I see. Like like Gryffindor basically being like American, like American people. Yeah, like the football the, team or something. Yeah, exactly. Like Jocks and cheerleaders. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, the ones that always get all the attention. Yeah. They're the ones that will fly headlong into first into any situation. Yeah. They will like cause so much destruction. But that's well, all bands. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ravenclaw, we, we didn't really get. And insight into what they're like, about how they're clever. Like, is that is that all she's like saying? Clever, like? got good wits. Yeah, witty, clever, wisdom, um, creativity. I, I feel like um, oh, eccentricity as well. I think that's one of them. Um, with Slytherins, and you know what? If you look at the Slytherins' qualities on paper, I find some of the most successful people I see have those qualities: like ambitious, cunning, resilient. Oh, but then at the same time. Like so, the qualities on paper were good, but then the way she portrayed most of the characters, where they were just horrible people. Yeah, and I was like, evil. I was like, <laughs> I, was like were, I think I thought they were portrayed a bit one-dimensionally in the book. Yeah, but um, well, that's because you identify. No, <laughs> that's true, you know, you've been the ring one-dimensional because you are what they're <laughs> Did you feel like any characters in the book who were not in the right house? Uh, Hermione should have been a Ravenclaw. Hermione, Hermione should have got more praise in the book because. It wasn't for her. Ron and Harry would have been dead a long time. I feel ago. like she got. I feel like she got praise in the book, but in the film, they made their character wasn't. They made her character her character perfect in the film, and you see a lot of flaws in it in the book. But in the mm-hmm. film, she just she's reduced to our oh, good two shoes. Yeah, like you know, always knows everything and saves everyone. Yeah, but there was I don't know. I think in in the book you kind of see she, she was quite flawed. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Who else was, do you think was in the wrong house? Um, Neville Longbottom. I don't care, like, if he came of age or whatever. I think he should have been in Hufflepuff. From, yeah, from no, Neville, Long, Neville Longbottom is 100% a Hufflepuff. Like, yeah. 1,000%. I think, um, are there any Slytherins that shouldn't have been in Slytherin? I think, no, what they should have done, like, did you make a point about Slytherin being, like, it being one-dimensional? Because, basically, like, Slytherin is basically, like, Death Eater House. Like, yeah. if, we, if we do... Um, we make comparisons to real life. Like, do you remember, yeah. like, that Trojan horse thing in Birmingham with this, like, the people, like, schools that are, like, radicalising people? Yeah. That's what Slytherin yeah, is. Yeah, like, right. the, like, <laughs> how Slytherin was able to go on for so long without, without like, Dumbledore or any of the headmaster being, like... Let's get rid right. of all of them, yeah. Or, like, let's have a serious look here at, like, why do so many... Do- so many definitely... Yeah, because it doesn't have the Prevent programme, like, here, for um, extremism. Yeah. Should have, like, should have done a similar thing uh, for Slytherin. But I think, genuinely, I think Dumbledore was a terrible head, headmaster. He didn't seem to... He, only, he had he had the clear favourites and didn't seem to care yeah, about didn't, didn't, other he, people. Didn't care. <laughs> he no. made the worst... He, like, he messed up people's lives. Made the worst decisions like, without anybody else knowing. And, yeah. like, to be fair to the Dursleys, man, like, they were yeah. obviously awful. All the parents, Harry, wasn't uh-huh. here. But he basically just dropped a baby on their doorstep. He just, yeah, he dropped it on them, and he knew that he knew that they wouldn't be accepting another baby. But even despite what he says after about, oh, you know, you haven't treated him right, I'm thinking, well, what did you expect? You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, Petunia and her sister were estranged. Yeah. Um, what else did he do? And also, you know, the whole not telling Harry the truth about the prophecy. Yeah. For what? Until he was absolutely forced to. Yeah. That's shocking. Because um, you know that you know the order of the scene. You know, Order of the Phoenix scene where Harry starts, starts trashing off his like, and he's like, yeah. he's moaning about everything. Um, 
Dumbledore's like, oh, you're not as angry at me as you should be. And then he, then he just tells him basically, you know, I care, I, I loved so I cared too much for you. I'm thinking, come on. He faced Voldemort two years in a row, faced a former Death Eater in, well, ish of Peter Pegger, faced a former Death Eater in the third year. And even after the, after he met, like, you know, Voldemort in his fully fledged body at the end of the fourth book, he nearly got killed. He saw Seric die. You're telling me after that you didn't sit him down <laughs> and tell him, you know, the full truth. Yeah. Is this emotionally abusive? <laughs> it's awful. Also, man. if I'm if I'm from if I'm from a house that's not Gryffindor, yeah, I'll be kicking off, man. Like not the end of the first uh, the first book mm. where like um, gave him winning, a and he gave points. him like hundred and sixty points. Like, I would be kicking 60, off. I was it sixty to Harry, fifty to Hermione, and run, and then ten to ten Neville. to Neville. Oh, I would be up to your literally, <laughs> literally tables would be getting flipped. Man, yeah. <laughs> I'd be kicking yeah, off if exactly. I was living in. I you know you know who I quite liked as well, Snape. Snape is the best character in the in the whole thing. I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I think on balance. I feel like. The fact he loves Lily doesn't justify how horribly it was to Harry right years. It doesn't. I think it does. I don't think it does. But at the same, because you know, he, Harry isn't responsible for the sins of his father. He isn't. But at the same time, you can make the argument that Snape was so mean to Harry to keep up the um, to keep the place to keep his cover. And there was a multiple points in um, in the Harry Potter canon that he like protects him. Yeah, saves Harry's life basically. I think and he does that knowing that's that that Harry hates him, and he and he still does that. I'm trying to think of, I need to revisit sort of like obviously there's the broom thing in the first book. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when else he's like had his back. I think maybe just what you know when he when he tries to catch him when he's wandering around at night time. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's kind of a mixed mixture of wanting to do him and also wanting to keep him out of trouble. Maybe. Yeah, um, I think he, like, the thing I actually think that there, that that there were some mistakes made with Snape. Not some mistakes. I'm not a writer, but I think it would have been nicer if. This, if that idea was introduced a bit earlier and we actually got more into Snape's backstory as to kind of like his motivations and his mm. like knowing that like obviously he has so much love for Lily mm. to do what he did if you're that character you'd have to love them so much I mean, he lost the love of his life to the guy he hated the most but yeah, yeah but it's more than that because like even even um, I think it goes a bit deeper than just like romantic love because he still like his whole life after that he still basically dedicated it to protecting mm. Harry and um, being for the cause. Yeah. So it's so it, it's a bit deeper than that. Yeah. And it would have been nice in um in the seven books to actually kind of see if that be a bit more extrapolated. What do you mean as in like as in to, like to see Snape talk about it? Or yeah, exactly. Or I to feel kind like of... I feel like she died. I think she killed him off partly to leave us wanting more. Yeah. To frustrate the reader a little bit because I think I suppose. He was so like emotionally closed down. I couldn't imagine him having a heart to heart with Harry. I think so. That's why she did. I don't it, know, but there were there were ways to do it where you don't have to like. Cause I think cause if you like if you do a scene where you sit them down mm. and you tell them that is not that is not the best writing. Nah, nah, nah. It's like you have to come out naturally in yeah. the text or in the, in the lives of the characters, and I think that could have been done with Snape. I guess. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we veered off into a Harry Potter. Yeah. Time, I know. But, uh, <laughs> Maybe this is something we needed to speak about for quite a while. Yeah, but Harry Potter. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of material, isn't there? There is. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I didn't know you like. I didn't know you liked Harry Potter like that. Actually. You must have known that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> for years. Um, because I wouldn't call myself a Harry Potter head, because I've only read them all once, 
Um, Only once, oh really? Yeah. I must have read them all at least three times, I guess. Hell. Also, like the first, you know, when um, you know, there was a big gap between, was it the fourth and fifth book? Three years. Mm-hmm. And then like it was either two or three years between the fifth and sixth book. Yeah. Because while I was waiting for the next book to come out, because I was getting so annoyed. And obviously, that, that was before the internet was huge back then, so there wasn't mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff to like get stuck into. I'd watch the films because I was bu- waiting for the next books, or I'd read read the other books. Oh, God. I was, yeah. like, I was a big part of it. I'm not far. a part. I'm not. I mean, I, I've, like I said, I've read them all. I've mm. watched it a number of times. I've seen The Cursed Child. I need to watch that. <sighs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. But I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you. I didn't know you liked it like that. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Anyway, but maybe yeah. we should. Maybe we should wrap up. I think. Yeah, we're... we've been going on. We've been going on for a while. I think we should entitle this Christmas plus Harry Potter. Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, if we're doing that, could, like Christmas plus like Jamaican identity. Yeah. Plus, so I don't know whatever yeah. whatever comes out in the wash comes out. There we are. Thanks, guys, for tuning into another yes, episode. Yes, thanks for being with us. Staying us, with us. Of us chewing the fat. Yeah. So um, hang on, we need to remember. Um, we um, we set up an Instagram that is at Black Boy Joy Podcast. Um, follow us there. Um, mm. You can follow me on Instagram if you want to. Um, that is One Hour Fiction. Yours, Kieran is Monsieur underscore. You, you need to change Keeks. that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll change at some point. But if you, you'll see you'll see me on Ames's profile. So yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, it's at Monsieur underscore Keeks. Spell Monsieur Keeks. Oh God, at M O N of November S I E U R underscore Keeks, which is K E E K S. Yeah, I'll change it to something a bit, uh, a bit easier. Yeah, <laughs> and um, we have an email address. So if someone wants to email anything, any questions, any comments, want to throw shade at any one of us, constructive shade, I might add. But all shade is welcome. All yeah. shade is welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and you can email us at uh, blackboyjoypodcast at gmail dot com. We'll see it there. We can uh, keep the conversation going. Hopefully, we'll set up more, um, more. Um, social media social media yep. Twitter and whatever yep. um, I do want to say as well that um, the music that you hear is by my good friend Sam uh, Sam Bridgewater he started producing tracks he DJ sometimes um, so I really get for him for, um, for uh, putting that together for us and our visuals is by um, a graphic designer Jamie Bush um, the um, Penetration will be in in the link episode, so you can check that out if you're interested. But yeah, um, from Boston, goodbye. Have a wonderful Christmas and have a